Michael, this is all very confusing. This is On Markets with Tino and Remy. Today is February 26th. Tino, what are we talking about today? Well, it was a f- it's been an interesting week, I'd say. Uh, you know, it, it, I know the, the meme stocks have kind of, that story's kind of fizzling out, which I think we expected to a certain degree. But, you know, there's a lot of undertones or a lot of uh, undercurrents, rather, that have been developing. I think the big one is this, this spike in, the, in, in bond yields. Uh, I wouldn't call it a spike, maybe a, an acceleration. Uh, and it's catching, it's caught a lot of people off guard. You know, it's funny, the bond market's boring. So nobody likes to talk about the bond market because it's boring. But you know, a lot of developments or, or a lot of things that happen in the bond market affect other markets. And, and this bond, uh, the, the bond yields rising over the past call it week or two, especially, has finally started to make its way into equities. Why is that? It's interesting. So think about what's going on here. You've got a group of investors, let's just say uh, a, a large cohort of investors, maybe in the U.S. and other parts of the world. And for a long time, they relied on cash investments to get some type of super safe return, right? Uh, whatever the percentage is, 3 4 5% a year. Uh, and just above inflation, they're pretty happy with no volatility. Then the Fed dropped interest rates to zero. That game ended. Then they all went into bonds because you couldn't go anywhere else. So you went into bonds. And as, as those yields and bonds were whatever, 5 6%, well, bond yields are inverse to prices. So as bond prices rise, bond yields come down. At some point, bond yields weren't yielding anything anymore. And so you saw this massive jump into stocks. Uh, and then the Fed played with interest rates a little bit more. And bond yields, for all intents and purposes, the last eight or 10 months have been incredibly low. And all the while, what has happened? We have a vaccine. We have an economy that's recovering. We have unemployment that's falling. We have retail sales data that came out last week that was four times higher than consensus estimated. Retail sales right now is 7.5% higher than it was this time last year. All these developments are happening, and we got 1.9 trillion, which is gonna be kerosene dumped on a flaming economy over the next you know, couple of years. So those investors that are sitting in bonds right now are saying, wait a minute, why am I here? Bond, bond yields are, are as low as they can theoretically go unless we go negative on rates. I got to find somewhere else. And now the economy is getting better. The perceived risk of equities is coming off the table to a degree. Let me jump in. And that's kind of what we're seeing here is a lot of these bond investors have said, hey, now's the time to get aggressive and to jump into, the, in, into equities. And they're specifically targeting certain sectors. And you can see, it's interesting, they're going after financials, energy, the very cyclical parts of the economy, the parts of the small cap stocks, for example, ones that are highly levered to the economy. Uh, and what's happening is our bonds are selling off and ironically or interestingly enough, technology and some of the other sectors that have done so well over the past year are getting dinged right now. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting predicament, but this just again shows, uh, shows investors how important interest rates really are, their gravity in finance. So I would guess that uh, also supports your theory of a bullish 2021 market too, right? It, it, it absolutely does. I mean, you're, you're, what you're seeing here is in many ways capitulation on, on the bears uh, to a degree where they're, they're saying, you know what, bonds, are, you know, bonds really are looking as bad as many people are saying they've been. So it's, now's the time to get in. You know, a lot of that, like I said, that perceived risk is off the table. 
And one of our key theses going into 2021 was there really isn't where anywhere else to go. If you want liquidity and you want some type of real return, it's stocks. It, it just is. There's, there's, there are, if you go back to like 2000, yeah, right around 2000 near the dot-com crash, and, and actually most recessions prior to that, what you saw was when the economy started getting soft or when people were worried about risk in their portfolios, they would sell stocks and go into bonds. Because back then, bonds would you know, pay 6 7 8%, whatever it was, which is a lot better than you know, 0 to 2%. Today, if you go, back, if you go from stocks to bonds because you're worried about something, what are you going to do? You're going to hang out, earn 0% on your money, earn 1% on your money when inflation eats you away? That You can't do that. You can maybe temporarily do that, but I don't see how you can do it for very long. So what I'm hearing from you is, is basically the stock market's the only option right now. But you know, what about people that don't want to go into the stock market? You know, bond market's shot. So realistically, what's the alternative? Well, there is no alternative, right? So it, it's, a, it's a tough game. But you're, I mean, your intuition's on point. Look, there's a lot of people that own stocks right now that don't want to own stocks, but they don't have any other options. So what does that mean going forward? It means that no matter how strong our views are on the, are on the economy, no matter how well the stock market does over time, it means that the ride's going to be bumpy. It's not, it, this is not going to be an enjoyable 2021, no matter how bullish we are, or even 2022 for that matter. No matter how, how bullish we are, it's not going to be enjoyable until it's over. Because we're going to hit these pockets of extreme volatility, because again, there are a lot of people that don't want, to, don't want to own stocks. So when things start to go a little weird, they panic. And it's like, again, it's gasoline on flame. And I think you're going to see some extreme periods of volatility. Look, we might be in one right now. We might be at the beginning of one right now. Who knows? This could turn into a correction. Uh, I, it's, it's hard to say, but you tend to see these. We saw these back in early September of last year. Again, a distant memory. We barely remember it by now. And no matter how many, how many of these we hit going forward, they will also become distant memories for patient investors, at least. So for the risk-averse clients out there, the, the people who are not adrenaline junkies, you know, what are they supposed to do? Do they just buckle their seatbelts and close their eyes? Unfortunately, there's, there aren't that many options right now. Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't say get too crazy. I mean, the, the challenge that you face if you're a conservative investor, if you can't handle the ride, is that you really don't have many good options right now. And I would say that of your call it, list of you know, subpar options, uh, the, the one I would recommend is sticking with whatever your risk tolerance is. You know, if, if you are a conservative investor, no matter how paltry bond yields look, no matter how attractive the stock market looks, what you don't want to do is get in a situation where you can't handle the ride and you wake, you don't sleep for two or three days in a row, whatever it is, and you call up your broker, your advisor and say, I can't take the pain anymore, get me out. Because that's what, what's going to happen is you're going to end up panicking and selling at the worst possible time. That is how you change or permanently alter your financial future. So that risk that perceived risk, whatever you want to call it, is not worth uh, dabbling into investments that you're not comfortable with. No, that's great advice. It's, it's like what your mom told you when you were little, right? Just, just, just be yourself. <laughs> what about people that were drawing income from their investments? I mean, that's a little tough to do in a volatile market, no? Well, you know, again, I mean, there's, there are other ways. I mean, the, you, you got to think outside the box. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's what we talk about here a lot of times is learn to fish in different ponds. I mean, Right now, income generation is arguably the most difficult thing to do in financial markets. And it's because the old playbook doesn't work that well anymore. The old playbook being, again, super safe corporate bonds, treasuries, uh, cash investments, money markets, things of that nature. 
that game's done. And I mean, I don't see how it comes back in any of our lifetimes. But that doesn't mean you can't get income. I mean, there's income out there. It just takes a different playbook. I mean, you know, when we look at, when we talk to our clients, it's no longer just a mix of bonds and cash and maybe even some dividend paying stocks. We're looking at insurance products. We're looking at alternative asset classes. And, and by mixing those together through some pretty deep sophistication, we feel like we're able to, to target most of the income needs of our clients. And so the bottom line is you know, there's options out there, right? They may not be the, the same options that, that you know, we've had in the past, but we have options. We have solutions. So you know, the times are changing, markets are changing, uh, solutions are changing. And, and the, the basic lesson here, you know, if we want to say there's a lesson, is, is the same lesson that's been around for, for millions of years, which is if you want to survive, you need to evolve. <laughs>